Enon Baptist Church. It is an honor uh, to be here with you tonight. I want to say something uh, real quick. There's some markers when God is moving in a church family, and I can sense his presence here. I can sense that God is on the move in the midst of this church. And some things that you can identify when God is moving in these kind of ways is, one, there's fresh tears. And I've seen as we worship the Lord, fresh tears on our face, tears of gratitude, tears of worship. Like, God, you've done everything that we might know you in the power of your resurrection. You've set us free, and so we sing to you, we praise you, we worship you, that we love you too. There's tears on our face, there's smiles on faces. Like, there should be no place on planet Earth that's filled with more joy than the house of the Lord, right? Who's got more to celebrate, right? Who's got more to celebrate than the fact that Jesus has paid the ultimate price to set us free, that we're sons and daughters of the kingdom of God, that we're the family of God, that we have a father that's passionately in love with us. So what I want to say first and foremost, don't take for granted what God is doing here. This is holy ground. Lean into what God is doing in this moment, and let's just strain and see what God might do to the fullest measure possible. Second thought before I jump into the scripture, and I, I got a lot of family here, both like biologically and in the kingdom of God that I love. And I just I don't I might not get to look every one of you in the eye and tell you this, but I love you. Uh, and it is an honor to be in many ways back home here and to see your faces and see what God's doing in this church family. The the last thing I want to say is, hey, you got my favorite pastor. <laughs> you really do. You got my favorite pastor. Because y'all, y'all look at me. He's been the real deal since he was born again in the eighth grade. Because that's the same dude that would walk up the stairs and barge into my room and say, Kyle, i got to tell you one thing. And I was, listen to me, I was this pagan. If you don't believe me, ask my sister-in-law. She'll tell you, right? <laughs> she, she tell people all the time, like, Kyle was a jerk before Jesus, right? And, and you know what? She was right. You know, I, I was. But my brother used to barge into my room and say, Kyle, just let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing. And I'd run him out. But you know what? He'd come right back. Kyle, let me tell you one thing, one thing, one thing. And not long after that, I came to know that one person. All right? I came to know that one person. So you got my favorite pastor. I want to talk to you about somebody else I know tonight, though. I want to talk to you about God the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God doesn't show up in just a few scenes of the Scripture and then leave and depart. The Spirit of God is God Himself across the whole and entirety of the Scripture. I'm going to let you in on newsflash. This is good theology, okay? The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. Can we just all get that out there real quick? That might be the best thing you've ever heard. And the next time somebody says something in the name of the Holy Spirit, you go like, no, man, you're just weird. You're like... The Holy Spirit's not weird, but let me let you in on something else. He's also not normal. He's God. He's not an it. He's not a force. It is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. The Scripture itself is beautiful. It's breathed out by the Spirit, given to us through the inspired work of God the Holy Spirit, so that we might not, not know God personally. That you might come into saving faith in the Son of the living God and be filled with the life of the Spirit. I'm going to let you in on a newsflash. The Holy Spirit's been doing work since the beginning. That when it talks about creation, can I preach for a minute? I'm about to. I'm about to have some fun. 
That in, in creation, it says it's literally that God the Father spoke into existence cosmos, sun and star, moon, sky, ocean. Pretty good at being God, isn't he? And then it tells us that in Colossians that all things came into being through the hands of Jesus Christ. Meaning Jesus didn't show up in a manger. Jesus has always been on the scene. He's always been God. I'm going to let you in on another secret. In Genesis says, And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the earth. That it's always been God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. One in essence, three in person. You know the history of our salvation, how we come to saving faith. Any person that's ever come to put faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ has been drawn by the Spirit. Meaning like you never come to the realization of your sin without the work of the Spirit of God. You don't wake up one day and realize you're broken. The Spirit of God brings you to your brokenness and he says, look, you won't make it without Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit. That's the drawing. It's the wooing. That's the power of the Spirit. And the moment, listen to you, by faith, the gift, you put faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you know what you are? You're born of the Spirit, come on. That through faith in the finished work of Christ, you're made new, you're made alive. Romans tells us if you ain't got the Spirit, you've never believed in the Son. So the moment now, you put faith in the finished work of Christ, you're indwelt by the Spirit. You're sealed by the Spirit. Somebody say, praise God for the work of the Holy Spirit, right? For the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I've come to find out in following Christ and now pastoring and being in ministry for 20-something years, which is pretty wild to say, I've come to understand that the enemy has robbed us in our beliefs around the work of the Holy Spirit. That there has been chaos in the past, right? There's many things that's been done in the name of the Holy Spirit that has made us afraid of the work of the Spirit. And many of us just say, he's the crazy uncle in the Godhead. When in reality, that's funny right there, y'all. Right? <laughs> I know y'all are like, I want to laugh, but can I? You can, all right? When in reality, listen to me. Let me give you a picture real quick. If the Holy Spirit walked through those back doors right now as a person and walked up on this stage to preach, if he did, I'm going to let him, by the way. <laughs> All right. You know what he would preach? Jesus. <laughs> he would preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. He would preach Jesus as King and Lord and soon coming Messiah, right? Like the Son of the living God. He would. Let me tell you what I believe. What if Jesus walked in the room right now and we could see him tangibly in person? What do you think Jesus would preach tonight? Let me tell you what I believe. John 14 through 16 shows us. I believe that to the lost person, Jesus would look across the room. Anybody in this room tonight that has never put faith in Jesus' work, he would look in your face and he would say, and he's saying this to somebody right now, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's what he'd say. He would look at you and go, I'm the gate. I'm the door. I'm the only way in. And then he would look to those of us that have put faith in Jesus. And he would say, let me tell you about the helper. Let me tell you about the counselor. Let me tell you about the one that will teach you and remind you. Let me tell you about the one you're going to need every day. Let me tell you what Jesus knows. Jesus knows that the Christian life isn't improbable outside of the work of the Spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible. Y'all look at me. 
for way too long, I believe specifically the church in America has tried to live the Christian life outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. We're scared of a God that we don't know. But as a God that is clearly seen in the Scripture. Don't let the enemy rob Enon Baptist Church of the work of the Holy Spirit. Believe all the fullness of the Scripture. So what I want to do for a few moments here, if you'll let me, I want to show you Him in His Word. I want to show you. So Acts 1, I'm going to move fast through a couple passages of Scripture in Acts. Y'all remember this? I love, you got to read the Bible with a sense of humor. So I didn't really grow up like studying the Bible or understanding. I didn't do VBSs and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I by nature, read things like I, I didn't have a, a religious background. Let me put it that way. So I read it. I found, I found humor in the Scripture all the time. I thought, man, that's funny right there. That's funny. Like, here's Jesus. Like, you read it. If you have waited all eternity past to finally come and live 33 years on this planet perfectly, then you died sacrificially for every person in this room's sin and every person that would ever breathe air on planet Earth. You defeat sin and death, and then you defeat death through your resurrection, and then in resurrected state, for 40 days, you teach people about the kingdom of God. That's pretty awesome right there, right? In resurrected state, wouldn't you like to be at one of those teaching moments, right? In resurrected state, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. What are we going to learn tomorrow? Kingdom of God. And then he's about to ascend. And he looks to his disciples, his sons and daughters, his fold, his flock. And he says, I got, I got a word for you. Wait. Wait. Now you're like, man, we've been waiting a long time. It seems like it's go time. And no, he goes, no, 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 it's wait time. Because let me tell you what the Lord knows. We will mess this up. That no person has the power within themselves to live the Christian life. Listen to what it says in Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. It says, and while stand, staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, he looks to the, into the face of those that had just deserted him. He looks at them and says, listen, you're about to no, no longer see me. So you need to stay put until you have the fullness of the Spirit. What he knows is this, guys, you ain't going to make it without, not listen, not just God with you, God in you. God in you. You need the fullness of God in the innermost parts of who you are as a person. Let me tell you one of the funniest, it's not in my notes right now. One of the funniest things is what they do. They go and wait, but then they decide, hey, let's add a disciple. Judas didn't make it. And what do they do? Cast lots. They roll the dice. Can I let you in on the secret? You don't ever hear about that dude again. The guy they pick, it's like the Lord's going, what are they doing? Like, let me tell you what, that's funny, guys. You're like, man, what did that guy end up doing? I don't know. <laughs> it's like the Lord just drew him home. He's like, man, listen, I don't know why they picked you. Like, uh, let me tell you what I think many of us are doing. Listen to me. Many of us are doing day by day. We're just sort of casting lots. Let me tell you what many churches are doing when they're thinking about engaging their city, when they're thinking about changing the world. They said, let's just find the best plan we got. Let's just see what the best we can do out there. Let's get creative. Let's get innovative. Let's think about it. I love all those things. Our God's creator. I'm all about that. But it's almost like we want the, the stuff, but we forgot the spirit. 
Let me tell you what the world can do. The world can put on a show. The world can, can, can show us all kinds of displays and can awe us and woo us in moments. Let me tell you what the world can never do. can never out-God us. Because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ should be filled with the power of the Spirit. That there's just some things you shouldn't have to explain. The greatest apologetic on planet Earth, by the way, is the presence of God. You let somebody walk into the presence of God. That's what happened to me. I didn't believe this. I thought this was a fairy tale, man. I thought this was a weak man's crutch. Then I found myself in the presence of Jesus, and I went, rut row. I think that this might be real. I think he may be king. Because that's the, that's the power of the Spirit. I didn't come to you in plausible words of wisdom. I didn't eloquence. It wasn't my words that wooed you. It was a demonstration of the Spirit's power. These same disciples that deserted him are going to turn the world upside down. What's the difference? The work of the Spirit. No one advances the kingdom of God without the power of the Spirit of God. That's a principle. No one advances the kingdom of God without the power of the Spirit of God. Let me ask you something tonight. Seriously, I mean this. Stop. I don't want to just preach at you. I want to ask you something. How's your relationship with God the Holy Spirit? How's your relationship with God the Holy Spirit? I know my brother. I know his heart. I know where God is leading him and leading y'all. How's the relationship of this church to the work of the Spirit? Do you welcome it? Do you welcome His work? Do you welcome His presence? We don't have to wait for Him to come. He has come, right? Pentecost only happened one time. We got the fullness thereof. But let me tell you what I do believe. We should want Him to come. (laughs) We should want fresh encounters with the work of the Spirit within our own lives. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Let me tell you what the Spirit of God wants to do most in us is move us toward mission. Let me tell you a reality about each and every one of us in the house. I might not know you personally, but I know enough about you. You all about you. Right? Don't look at me holy. I know, right? Because I'm all about me. I wake up every morning, and you know what happened during the night? I sort of self-defaulted to self. That I'll wake up tomorrow morning, and I'll want for me. My life will be about me, and what I need is in a powerful way for the Spirit of God to remind me that this is about Him. And this is about others that are going to spend eternity somewhere. This is about cities that Jesus wants to change. This is about nations that our God wants to touch. And I won't get there outside of the work of the Spirit of God in my life every day. Jesus looked and he said, listen, you'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth when you are walking in the power of the Spirit. That's the difference. No such thing as self-made men and women in the kingdom of God. Just spirit-filled ones. Just spirit-filled. Let me tell you, the longer I walk with the Lord, let's just talk for a second. The longer I walk with the Lord, I'm not impressed by what you say, by what somebody says. What, what, what moves in me is when I see the life of God in somebody. Because you can't fake God. <laughs> 
You can't fake God's life. Jesus says, whoever believes in me, what? Out of them flows rivers of living water. There's something in them that's bigger than them. Man, you ever been around somebody like that? You're like, bro, man, you got Jesus all in you. You got the work of the Spirit pouring out of you. That's called supernatural, more than natural, more than we have in our own self. Acts 2, verses 1 through 5, verses 17 and 18. I'm giving you a lot of moments in Acts because I want you to see Him, God the Holy Spirit. I know that this is a moment in redemptive history, but it teaches us principles of the kingdom of God. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And the entire, the, the, it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Guess so, right? Because each of them was hearing them speak in his own language. Verse 17 and 18 it says, In the last days there's a prophecy. It shall be declares, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on your male servants and your female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. Pentecost was a moment in redemptive history where everything changes. And We're not looking for another Pentecost, but we are, listen to me, we should be desiring the same work of the Spirit. That the Spirit of God would move in such ways, powerful ways among His people, that more people would hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That they'd hear it in their own language. They'd hear it person after person. That get, you can tell you something I love about Jesus? He's relevant in every kind of people group. Because everybody is broken in need of a Savior. And you let the power of the Spirit fall on you, and guess what you'll start caring about? What God cares about. You'll care about your neighbor. You'll care about your coworker. You'll care about that family member, and you'll move toward them in the power of the Spirit and share a gospel that is good and has the power to save. Listen, if we want to see real revival, we need a real move of the Spirit. There's no such thing as a, a real move of God without a real move of the Spirit of God. So you got to get to know him if you want to see that. That's non-negotiable. Give you another moment. Acts 4, verses, verse 8. Now, Peter's had this moment. Y'all remember now, Peter's, I, I mean, I love this dude. Because I feel like, man, me and him would be buddies. Me and Zach and, and this guy, we'd hung out, right? Because we've all said stupid stuff, a lot of it, right? We could share stories. By the way, I hear that Zach shares stories about me. I need at least one honest person to let me know when that happens, all right? And I'll proof text those conversations, all right? And by the way, I got stories, but we're in the spirit right now, and I'm not going to mess that up. (laughs) But I want to. Listen to me. The moment you are born again... You're indwelt by the Spirit, okay? You're indwelt. That's that's the Bible. You are, listen to me, you're indwelt, you're sealed with the Spirit. But that does not mean that the work of the Spirit is done in you. 
It's not. It's just listen to me. You say, where do you get that? Well, the rest of the Bible. In Acts 4, here's Peter in this moment. It says, then Peter, filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and the elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this is he has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. So listen, if you get the context here in this moment, God just used Peter, filled with the Spirit, to help a man find healing through the power of Jesus. And filled with the Spirit, he stands in front of those that would persecute him and say, hey man, you want to know how that happened? Jesus has power. Listen to me. When persecution comes, you better be filled with the Spirit. Let me let you know another secret. When moments in parenting comes, you better be filled with the Spirit. Somebody give me a witness. Right? <laughs> Listen to me. My wife's at home with five kids right now. I hope she's filled with the Spirit. <laughs> if not, they're in trouble. <laughs> That's a fact, right? Listen to me. There's not one aspect of your life that you don't need to be filled with the Spirit. Anybody in this room just naturally have love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Let me let you in on a secret. You might have a measure, but you ain't got the fullness. Anybody else need the, not just the fruit of the Spirit? How about this? You ready? How about the gifts of the Spirit? Need to see the power of God displayed, that God would give you wisdom, God would give you knowledge, God would give you revelation, that you would know stuff you shouldn't know. I'm going to let you in on the secret. The Spirit of God is all-knowing. And there's moments where we need the wind to blow in such a way that He fills us to help us in the moment we're in. And He's good at being God. Sometimes the Spirit of God wants to move through you and help somebody find healing. Help somebody experience a miracle. Help you, listen to, to proclaim the gospel with power. Listen to me. The work of the Spirit of God is not just merely for professional, but God's people. Man, let me tell you what I found about the Holy Spirit. He loves to, he loves to use people that believe. He loves to use people that actually believe that he is God and that he's at work. And that he's, that, listen to me, he's looking for usable vessels. I want to encourage you with something tonight, Enon. Be a spirit-filled cross follower. Be a spirit-filled cross follower. I'm going to help you get there practically in a minute. That God's life will be pouring out of you. A little later on in that same text, if you mean that, you might find yourself in trouble. Sometimes we like to cherry pick the scriptures and be like, man, look at Peter, feel the Spirit right in their face, told them how it is, help see somebody find healing. Yeah, and he's going to go to jail. <laughs> uh huh. Like, <laughs> full context here. You're like, man, that was fun until it wasn't. But I bet this moment was. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, amen. Bill's going to come back here tomorrow night. Listen to me, don't miss tomorrow night. 
and talk to you about the power of prayer. Because listen to me, prayer plays a part in us experiencing the power of the Spirit. It did for Peter, it does for us. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. You don't have a moment in your life where you're not going to need a fresh movement of the Spirit. And you ain't got a day coming your way that you don't need a fresh indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit. You don't, you don't have in yourself what it takes. God has everything you'll ever need. We get to know the fullness of the Spirit as we step into the mission. Let me tell you what I love about the Lord. If you mean this, if you will so cooperate, and I'll show you how at the very end here in a second for a fresh work of the Spirit of God in your life every day. And if you will move toward mission, guess what you'll get to watch? The miraculous. Let me tell you where the Spirit of God's not doing the miraculous. On our spiritual couches. Man, He is in the mission. Man, if you move towards people and the power of the Spirit, guess what you'll see? The power of the gospel displayed. You'll see that God still changes lives, y'all. That Jesus still has all authority, has all power. You'll see that there is demonic activity out there. That there is a spiritual war happening, as you heard last night. But you'll also find out that Jesus has dominion. That Jesus has all authority and that our king is king everywhere. You can't name a zip code on planet earth that the name of Jesus won't be exalted on. That through the power of the spirit, you can actually see that come to bear. And I grew up here, and I'm so grateful for this place, this area. And a lot of y'all didn't live here when I lived here because not many people lived here. <laughs> More of y'all live here now, right? I believe from right here, though, God could change the world. He could change the world. My brother and I have been blessed to be in the world. Let me tell you what's going on out there in the world. Let me tell you what's going on right now in the world. Jesus is being glorified. I heard, I heard the guy that is the intercessor, he's over intercessory prayer for the IMB. I was sitting in a meeting with him recently, and he said, let me give you a fact. This is not just talk, fact. More people are being mobilized to unreached people groups right now than any other time in the history of the world. They're just not Americans. They're people that grew up in a Muslim background that have been born again and now in the power of the Spirit are going to people. They're Brazilians that are going all over the world. Let me let you in on something. I'm, I'm going to give you a secret. When you go out there and you see our brothers and sisters in the work, they don't look like good Baptists. They look like people that believe the Bible. Somebody's sick, they pray for healing. <laughs> yeah, they walk into it. When somebody's got something spiritual going on, they stand up in the authority of Jesus Christ. I think they would come into the American church and say, what are y'all doing? Where's the work of the Spirit? Where's the power of the Spirit? Now listen, I think God's made Enon different. Acts 5, 3 is another moment. Y'all remember Ananias? Huh? Yeah, you better. Right? That's one of those moments you read through Acts. But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to what? To lie to who? Yeah. Holy Spirit. 
and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. Let me let you all in on something, okay? The Holy Spirit is holy God. The Holy Spirit is holy God. Where the Holy Spirit is, there's holy fire. I'm going to ask you something. I mean this for me and I mean this for you. When's the last time you got into the sanctifying work of God, the Holy Spirit? Where the Spirit of God comes and turns the light on. I think God gave us this moment in Acts 5 to say he's still serious about sin. Anybody glad that you just ain't fell over dead at some point? Yeah, you better be. Right? Uh-huh, last time you didn't tithe. <laughs> yeah, that's a different kind of slain in the Spirit right there, right? That's funny, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You laughing? Somebody you better get your checkbook out. Like so, I, I'm going back. So uh, that's a warning, y'all. Uh, so, but man, when's the last time you got into the presence of God and the Spirit of God? Look at me. Turn the light on. He said, "Hey, man, let me talk to you about that motive. Let me talk to you about that imp- impure thought." Let me talk to you about that action. Let me talk to you about that attitude. Let me talk to you about the way you view that. When's the last time you got into the presence of God and the Spirit of God brought the sanctifying fire of God and you walked out changed? Because the Spirit of God does a lot of things. What He doesn't do is leave us the same. He changes sons and daughters of King Jesus. I'm almost done. Acts 6, 4, and 5, it says, But we devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and what? Full of the Holy Spirit. That's a deacon. A deacon of the church filled with the Spirit of God. They say, hey man, why are we going to pick him as deacon? Well, it ain't because he's got the most influence and it's not because he's got the most money. It's because he's got the most of God in him. It's easy. They're like, man, who are we going to have that can serve that guy because God's all over him? Man, that's the true church when you can look out and you can identify sons and daughters of King Jesus that are filled with the Spirit of God. That the work of the church will always need Spirit-filled leaders. Let me tell you what I love about Stephen. What his kind of deacon work was, he went from that moment and went out and he says, and power was with him and he performed signs and wonders. (laughs) That's a good deacon, right? He walked the streets and he started praying over people. People's lives started getting changed. He started preaching the gospel and they couldn't refute the wisdom that he had. Not because he went to seminary, but because he had the Holy Spirit. That's different. But it didn't play out well for him, for him either, by the way. Full story. Verse 55 says, But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed in the heaven. Man, I can't wait. I, I got a theory. Don't hold me on this. I got a theory when we get to heaven, God just sort of downloads into our mind all these moments and lets us see what it was really like. Because he's not going to let us miss any of these moments. I think we'll, when we step into heaven in Jesus' presence, it will only be about him. But he'll let us see when he parted that Red Sea. He'll let us see, man, when Goliath fell. I think he'll let us see that moment when Stephen, full of the Spirit of God, looked into the heavens. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Jesus giving a standing ovation for Stephen, going, Come on, you're the first. You won't be the last, but you are the first. 
And he did it, why? Because he's filled with the Spirit. This is not some man's courage. This is the work of the Spirit of God that forgives those that are killing him much like his king did. People filled with the Spirit can see Jesus in any situation. Last verse. I'll give you one more time. Let's look at him. Acts 8, verses 14 through 16 said, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not fallen on any of them yet, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I know that this is a unique moment and that they had not heard at that moment the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They didn't understand the full new covenant. I get it. I get it. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let's say Pastor Zach standing here, and he's going to be. Pastor Zach standing here, and before he can even get to the invitation time, you see somebody bust loose from some pew back here and they come and grab him, and, and they don't know church well enough. And they pray way too loud, so loud we can all hear them. If he falls into Pastor Zach's arms and he says, Pastor Zach, would you please pray for me? That I would know the Father's love. Anybody have a problem with that prayer? No, you'd be like, man, you're stretching your hands out, right? You'd be praying for him. Lord, let that man, let that woman know God the Father's love for them. We'd all agree. Let's say as soon as he gets done, another breaks loose. Man, it's just not regular. It's not normal. It's not a normal worship service moment. And that person falls into Pastor Zach's arms here and he's holding them. And they say, Pastor Zach, would you please pray for me that I would fall madly in love with Jesus? And you know it's sincere. It's their heart cry. Anybody got a problem with that prayer? No, man. Be like, man, oh, Lord, I want that too, wouldn't you? You say, Lord, I want to fall in love with you all over again. I remember I heard this older saint one time say, Lord Jesus, I want to go to kindergarten with you all over again and take all the grades. And you're like, man, I want that. Let me give you one more. What if when they got done, somebody broke loose from this side and they came and they fell into Pastor Zach's arms and they said, Pastor Zach, would you pray for me? that I'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. That I'd know the empowering work of God through my life. Let me tell you, listen now. Religion say, now you got to be careful. Now you got to be careful. You know, you can, go, you can get a little crazy out there. Now sure, there's biblical guardrails and all. Let me tell you what I'm not worried about. I'm not so worried about us going crazy. I'm more concerned, way more concerned, that we don't long to know God the Holy Spirit. I had me a moment in God's presence one season. I was on a fast. And listen to me, a lot of times fasting is just merely not eating. It ain't like you wake up and it's like, oh, I, I ain't had that yet. If I do, I'll let y'all know, all right? So most times I wake up and go, like, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> Let's go pray, you know what? But one morning I was having me a moment with God. You ever had a moment with God? I pray you have hundreds of them. I was having me a moment with God and I looked up and I was worshiping the Lord and I said, Father, I just want you to know I love you. 
And I just felt the Father's love. I felt it. Listen to me, I know it. I know it. I felt it. I felt the embrace of the Father. I just lingered there for a moment and I said, Jesus, I just want you to know I love you. And I can't tell you, I just can't explain. I just felt how much he loves me too. I I felt how he loved me first. And then I realized something. This is just a couple years ago. I realized, you know what? I've never sort of completed this. And I said, Holy Spirit, I love you. And listen to me. Next thing I know, I'm face down. Because I felt like the Holy Spirit just dove on me. Like, Kyle, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging my presence. Thank you for acknowledging that I'm God too. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. Your pastor's going to come.